Hello, this is Chandler Jones, and thank you so much for joining us for this week's podcast. The heart of this podcast is to provide you with inspired preaching and teaching from God's Word that will help you boldly live for Jesus. If you haven't already, I would love for you to subscribe today to this podcast so you won't miss the latest messages. Let's go right into the service recorded at Compassion Church Radford. I believe it will be a blessing to you today. Sometimes we can get weary. We get tired. How many are tired? How many get weary? Come on now. But I got some good news. You know, we come to the body, come to church, and we're together with one another, the body of Christ. We have good news. He is faithful. He's on the throne. Jesus is alive. He is alive. He's seated on the throne at the right hand of God the Father. No matter how big the enemy appears, my God is bigger. Let me say that again. No matter how big the enemy appears, my God is bigger. Turn with me, if you will, to Romans chapter 1, verses 16 and 17. Paul says this. He said, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. For it is for in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Father God, I thank you for your word. I thank you, God, that you are faithful. I thank you, Lord, that the truth of your word, the truth of the gospel, Lord God, we're not ashamed of it because it is the power of God to salvation. Father, I pray that you would let this truth be birthed. Let it become real. Let it become active in our life. No matter what the enemy looks like, no matter how big, God, we know that you're bigger. You're on the throne. And you are powerful. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Salvation is the power of God at work. Saving everyone who believes. So what is the good news? The good news is Jesus' blood is what makes us right in God's sight. Jesus' blood that he shed on that cross is what makes us right in God's sight. You can't earn it. You don't deserve it, but it's by the grace and the mercy of God and God alone that we're made right. How is this accomplished? It's accomplished by faith. From start to finish, the Bible says Jesus is the author and the finisher of our faith. Jesus is where it starts, and Jesus is where it ends. And everything in between is all about Jesus. 
You know, when, we, when, we, when the enemy looks big, keep your eyes on Jesus. When your faith, when you're struggling in your faith, keep your eyes on Jesus. Because he's our source. Amen? We are righteous because of our faith in Christ. And it's through our faith in what Christ has done that we have life. It's not by anything we've done. It's not by keeping a list of rules of do's and don'ts. That's not to say that we're not to live holy. Because what Christ does in us will produce holiness. The Holy Spirit in us is where we gain our holiness. It's the change on the inside is where we have life. We're righteous because of what God has done for us on the cross. Not only on the cross, but also the empty tomb. You know, if Jesus hadn't risen from the dead, where would we be? We would be among the men most miserable because it was in the resurrection of Christ that his sacrifice was accepted. It was because the grave couldn't hold him. The grave couldn't keep him down. He was sinless. He was spotless. He was the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. Because he was sinless and spotless, he rose from the grave. It couldn't hold him. So we're righteous because of what Christ has done for us on the cross and the tomb. And a life of faith that lives through us. You see, it's not enough just to come to the cross for salvation. But we have to grab hold of faith and live our life in faith in Christ. You see, there's something that doesn't happen if you haven't noticed you know, last Sunday, uh, Pastor Chandler talked about the rapture being taken out of here. We're gone, and I'm looking, I'm listening for that trumpet. I walked outside today several times and looked up. I said, Lord, today would be a great day. Today would be a beautiful day to hear that trumpet. But you know, if you, if you have noticed, just kind of look around real quick. When we come to Christ, we aren't raptured immediately but we are changed. There's something that happens in our hearts and in our spirit. Hebrews chapter 11 says this, verses 1 and 2. said, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good testimony. Let me read that in another translation. The Passion Translation says this. Now, faith brings our hope into reality. Faith brings our hope into reality and becomes the foundation needed to acquire the things we long for. It is all the evidence required to prove what is still unseen. It is what God is doing in us. That brings, it's our faith in Christ that brings us to a new reality, that we have hope that we have an eternity that we can be restored in a relationship with God Almighty. That's why Jesus came. That chapter, Hebrews 11, it goes on to talk about the heroes of the faith. 
It talks about Noah. It's by faith Noah built the ark to save his family. Not only, not only did he build the ark to save his family, but he also warned the people of what was to come. By faith, he built and he warned. By faith, Abraham obeyed God when he called him to leave his home for an undisclosed location. He said, leave your home and go to a land that I will show you. He had no idea where he was going. But he left everything behind because God said, Abraham, go. And that was by faith. God also tested Abraham. See, God made him a promise. He said, you're going to be a father of many nations. And he promised him that when he had no children. But God gave him a son. And then God tested him to see if he would be willing to give up the promise. Did he hold the promise closer than he did the one who made it? And Abraham passed that. God provided a lamb that day. He didn't have to sacrifice his son because God provided a lamb. You know, the father provided us a lamb. The spotless lamb, the sinless lamb, who gave his life. He laid it down. He didn't, they didn't take it from him. He laid it down because he loved you and he loved me, which blows my mind. But he does. By faith, Gideon answered the call to fight the Philistines with 300 men. He started out with, I think, 3,000. And God dwindled them down to 300. He said, now you're ready for battle. Faith provided a way of escape for Rahab, the prostitute, who avoided the destruction of the unbelievers because she received because she received the Hebrew spies in peace and she kind of told the Philistines that they went in another direction. If you look, we can get excited about what God has done. We can get excited, excited about the men and women of God that God had, by their faith, he provided. By their faith, it caused an action. Noah built and he warned. Abraham obeyed, and he went. Gideon answered the call, and he fought. Jericho's walls fell down because the people had faith and walked around them. Faith calls us to action. Did you hear me? Faith calls us to action. It isn't enough to come and, and sit in a sanctuary and fill a, fill a seat. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Faith causes us to action. It's easy to get excited about all those people and the great things that they've done for God. But if you read further in that chapter, verse 35, it says this, yet it was faith that enabled others to endure great atrocities. Listen to this closely. They were stretched out on the will and tortured. And they didn't deny their faith in order to be freed. 
because they longed for a more honorable and glorious resurrection. Others were mocked and experienced the most severe beating with whips. They were in chains and imprisoned. Some of these faith champions were brutally killed by stoning, by being sawed in two, or slaughtered by the sword. These lived in faith as they went about wearing goatskins and sheepskins for clothing. They lost everything they possessed. They endured great affliction. They were cruelly mistreated. They wandered the earth in the desert wilderness, in caves, on barren mountains, and in holes in the earth. Truly the world was not even worthy of them, not realizing who they were. These were the true heroes, commended for their faith, yet they lived in hope without receiving the fullness of what was promised to them because they were on the other side of the cross. And on this side of the cross, they finally began to realize. You see, we can get excited about the great feats and the great things of, of, of Abraham and Noah and all those great battles, Daniel and the lion's den. But you know, there are other people that had lived their lives faithfully to God that were tortured, brutally killed, and they held true to their faith in Christ. They wouldn't deny him because of their love for him. They weren't willing to give up because they knew that Jesus was their only hope. Jesus is our only hope today. We may not be a Noah. We may not build an ark. But maybe we are going to be receiving some persecution. We don't know what's coming. Hebrews 12, verses 1 and 2 says this. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a, crowd of, a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily besets us or ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Because we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. Who's he talking about? He's talking about the ones who lived in faith before us. He's talking about Abraham. He's talking about Noah. He's talking about all those who were cruelly mistreated and brutally murdered, who lived in exile. who had lost everything. That's who he's talking about. That's the cloud of witnesses. And he's calling us. He said, let us lay aside every weight, everything that weighs us down, every care, every concern that weighs us down, that we would not run our race diligently, that we would not run with endurance 
let us lay it aside. He said, the sin which so easily ensnares us. How many know sin ensnares you pretty easy? It's easy to fall. It's easy to stumble. It's easy to sin. But Christ calls us to be more. Christ calls us to lay it aside and to run this race of faith that's set before us. Well, how do we do that? Verse 2. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. That's how we endure. That's how we run. That's how we're able to lay aside every weight, everything that, that, that comes against us. But Jeff, you don't understand. No, I don't. But I can tell you something. God does. Jesus does. He knows how hard it can be. Because there ain't one of us sitting here that we've had to die for our faith. There ain't one of us sitting here that we had to give up what we held dear. See, Jesus laid everything aside. He left the throne room of glory. And he came as a man, and he laid down his life. He lived a sinless life, perfect life. He showed grace and mercy. He raised the dead. Lame people walked, deaf heard, blind eyes see, lepers healed. He did all that because he loves you and I. He showed us the path that we might run our race because there are so many that ran that race before us successfully. And look at what God has done. Here we are. We can freely come into this place and sit down. We can sing. We can raise our hands and worship. And they're not coming in here to haul us away and change yet. But keep your eyes on Jesus. Like I said uh, the other week, I, don't, I preached more in the last month than I had the last two years, but I can't remember what sermon I said it in. Um, we don't know what we're going to face. You know, Israel had a wall. We've not had a wall for almost three years. We don't know what we have to face. But I know if we rely on Jesus, keep our eyes on him. It may not always be easy. But he's enough to keep us. He is faithful. There's three callings that God put on our lives. There's three things I want to I want to mention, and I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap it up um, after this. There are three callings. John six 
verse 47 and 48, it says, Most assuredly, there is a call to believe. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me has everlasting life. I am the bread of life. You see, that word believe isn't just a mental belief. You see, the Bible says that demons believe and tremble, but they're not saved. They don't have that hope of salvation. This belief is a belief of faith, a faith in Christ. He is our lamb. He is the one that we have. He's the one. He's our source. He's our strength. So there's a call to believe. There's a call to follow. There's a call to follow. Matthew 16, 24 and 25, it says this. Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever denies, whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. He calls us to believe. Then he calls us to follow. That brings us right back to the so great a cloud of witnesses that had gone on before. They laid it down. They laid their life down. They surrendered their life to Christ, and they followed him. They picked up their cross, denied themselves, and they followed where God led. You see, he doesn't push. He will lead. You know, there's a difference between a butcher and a shepherd. A butcher will push them, will push the lambs or the cattle, will push them into the, the slaughterhouse. But a shepherd will lead the sheep, not to the slaughterhouse. He'll lead them out into pastures. Jesus is our shepherd. You want to live a life in faith, keep your eyes on Christ. Thirdly, there's a call to go. Mark chapter 16, verse 15 says this, And he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, every man, woman, boy, girl. Preach the gospel. That's what we're called to do. You see, it's our faith in Christ that drives us to go. It's our faith in Christ that drives us to the altar to lay down ourselves, to deny our wants, to deny our fleshly desires, our carnal man. Wars against the Spirit of God in us. You know, the Bible says the Spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. But God's faithful. As you surrender, as you lay down your life and pick up the cross and follow Jesus and go and tell people of Christ, well, let me tell you what's, what's not going to happen. Not everybody's going to believe. 
that was a hard truth for me to accept one day. I thought, man, if I tell people about Jesus, they'll just jump right on board. He's so good. Man, he's, he's so good. Why would you not believe? Why would you not accept what Christ has done? But you know, people will be people. They can choose. You know, when, when Jesus was, was preaching one day, he said, this is, this is my body. You have to eat my body and drink my blood. They're like, I'm out. You see, they were following Jesus for the bread. They were following Jesus for the miracles. They were following Jesus for the manifestations of the things that he did. They weren't following him because of who he was. And after he, after he preached that, he said that the crowds diminished. You know, he asked his disciples, he said, are you going to leave me too? What Peter say? To whom would we go? Because you have the words of life. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Let your faith in Christ cause you to follow him, to lay down your cross. Lay down your life and pick up your cross and follow after him. And go. Go tell people about Jesus. <laughs> that trumpet could blow before we leave this place. Who? Who would you wish I had? I wish I had just one more opportunity to tell them about Jesus. One more opportunity to share the gospel with them. One more opportunity to tell them what Jesus has done in me. Who's that person? Every one of you could think of somebody. And perhaps already thought somebody in your mind. Talk to them this week. Talk to them. Call them. But oh, you don't know what they'll say. They might, they might criticize me. That's okay. Because God's faithful. If all they do is criticize, you're in pretty good shape. We're so afraid to offend. We're so afraid to offend somebody. But you know what? We have the words of life. We have the good news. And no matter what happens, the devil can't stop it. He can't overcome it. He can't defeat it. He's been trying to defeat the good news for 2,000 years. He's been trying to defeat what God had in, had in store and had planned since the garden. So what are you going to do with the call? What are you going to do? You see, I believe there's a line drawn in the sand. I think our nation has changed. A good sermon, a good church service, good worship time. I didn't going to make it anymore. 
That isn't going to cut it. We need a church empowered with faith, believing God, believing God's word to say, thus saith the Lord. This Jesus that I serve, he is the answer. And let come what comes. But stand strong in your faith. Believe. And when we come together, tell people what you've done. Tell people the testimony that you've done. Man, I prayed for someone this week. They gave their heart to Jesus this week at Walmart. Come on, somebody. That's the gospel. We don't always have to bring them into the building to get them saved. We can get them saved on the street corner. We can get them saved at the gas station. Jesus can touch them at Walmart. You know that is a miracle. Lord, what do we ever do without Walmart? I want, I want to close. I know I've said that twice, but I'm really going to close. I want to, if y'all would stand. And I want you to reach out. Look at your hand. You are the hands and the feet of Christ. Touch your neighbor. If you have a neighbor, touch your neighbor. If you don't have someone close, walk across the aisleway. Come on now. It's okay. And I want you to pray. I'll pray. I'll lead. But I want you to pray for that individual. Because you don't know what they're going through right now. You don't know what they face today, what they face this month, what they're going to face tomorrow. But you are the hands and the feet of Christ. And by faith, we're going to pray for one another. And we're going to believe that God is going to do what only Jesus can do. Because this is faith in action. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. In other words, without something happening in you to, to connect, to affect somebody else's life, your faith is useless. There has to be an action to our faith for it to be real. It may, be, it may seem odd to us because it's something new. But you know what? This is what the world needs. Faith in action. Believing for one another. Man, how many people you think would come to church if they saw the body of Christ acting as one? Loving one another. Encouraging one another. Praying for one another. What would that do? We might fill this place up. We might have to have three services. Chandler might have to preach three times a week. Three times a Sunday. We are the hands and the feet. You are the hands and the feet of Christ. You are his representative. We're going to pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus, the name above every name, by the power and authority that we have in Jesus' name, Lord, I pray for these folks. Lord, as we lay our hands on one another, I don't know what they're going through. I don't know what they've been through. I don't know what they're facing tomorrow. But God, every worry, every fear, every doubt, 
God, I pray right now that the life of Christ be born afresh and new in them. Let their faith rise up. Not faith in their actions, oh God, but faith in the resurrected Lord. Faith in God. Lord God, that you would change them. That you, God, that you would magnify yourself in them. That you would change them from glory to glory. That you would change them, oh God, as they encounter you. As they seek your face. As they cry out to you. And they spend intimacy with you. God, change them. Change us from the inside out. Lord, give us a boldness that we can be a witness, that we can tell others what Jesus has done, that we can tell others what Jesus has done in me. And Father God, I pray, Lord, let your spirit flow. Lord, let there be a breaking of fear and doubt. Lord God, and let there be a a boldness in each one of us to proclaim the good news that we would believe, we would follow, and we would go. That we would make a difference in this city, in this community, in this state. God, let your people of God humble ourselves and pray. Turn from our wicked ways and seek you, that you would restore this land. And we give you glory and we give you honor. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. Amen. I really want to say thank you for joining us this week. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review. It helps this podcast reach more people with the gospel of Jesus.